grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today from Luke 24, Jesus asked these disciples on their way to Emmaus, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Clopas asked him, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem that do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, Jesus asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what's more, it's the third day since all that took place. Jesus said to them, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe. All the prophets have spoken. Dear friends of Christ, my family's grown up. All my five boys aren't little anymore, and I'm no longer in that little children music world. Uh, so I, I, I googled the songs that are popular today for kids, the best, the most popular kid songs, and came up with the number one kid song, Baby Shark. Now, I don't know if you know this one, but uh, the lyrics kind of go like this, and it's, it's a song is so popular because kids relate to it. They relate to it because it talks about family, and, and it talks about uh, the world in which the kids live. And so it, the lyrics go like this, baby shark, do-do-do, baby shark, and then it goes to the family, mama shark, do-do-do, mama shark, daddy shark, do-do-do, daddy shark. And uh, the kids connect to that because it's about family, and it's about comfort, and it's about protection, and they understand all that about staying safe. Well, the two disciples who are walking on their way to Emmaus, today we can relate to them. Because we've all had those times where, like they, they were feeling uh, grieving and they were despondent. And we can relate to that because there have been times where grief has, has put us on the floor. And there are times where waves of sorrow just beat against our heart. And it, it pins us down. It, it it renders us sometimes hopeless. And maybe you remember those times as you relate to all that. Maybe you were down and God's promises came to lift you up. Or maybe, maybe you were despondent and, and a Christian mother, a Christian father, or a Christian friend lifted you up with God's Word. Or, or maybe... Maybe you were feeling unloved and then God's Word came to lift you up and, and to remind you that God does love you and it doesn't matter what everybody else does as long as God loves you, that's all you need. And we can relate to moments like that, how God's Word has lifted us up. The song Baby Shark is for the kids and of course they love mom, they love dad, they love grandpa, they love grandma and they relate to that world of comfort um, that's the people that they love. And it, what a joy it is for a child uh, to know mom and dad are there to keep them safe and protect them. But that's the way it is for us with Jesus. And how wonderful it is to know that he is there to keep us safe and protect us. But what, how, how fearsome it is when, like the Emmaus disciples, we think he's not there. But he comes to us, not the way we would like, 
He comes to us in word. He comes to us in the water of baptism. And he comes to us in the bread and wine of Holy Supper, of the Lord's Supper. And he comes down because he cares. He comes to us hidden in these means, word, water, bread, and wine. He comes to us in the depths of our despair. And he comes to us in the muck and the mire of our sin. And he lifts us up. Just as he was raised from the dead, and we relate to all that, as our theme suggests, as Jesus rose from the dead, he raises our spirits. I want you to think about your life. Now, the road of life is not always easy. The road of life, as a matter of fact, is never free from trouble and sorrow. And your life is the same as everybody else's. It ends in death, and in fact, if you look, there are times where the road of life has been downright mean and nasty. That's certainly the way the two disciples felt as they're making their journey here to Emmaus from Jerusalem. It was late in the afternoon, that's when it was happening, late in the afternoon on Easter Day. So they, they had the news, Jesus had risen. They had heard the news, the tomb was empty. Unfortunately, they didn't have time to process all that information and straighten it all out in their hearts and in their minds. And and Luke tells us, they were talking together about everything that had happened. You know, there there are times in life when it's hard to make sense of everything that's happening. And bad things happen to good people, and sometimes bad things happen to Christians. And sometimes bad things happen to the Messiah. And the death of Jesus was a bad thing. Things had gone horribly wrong. It had gotten completely out of hand. It was a bloody mess. And the disciples watched all that. They weren't sure what to think. It was in Him that they'd placed their hope. And in the midst of that bloody cross, they were unable to see that God was fulfilling His plan to save sinners. In the midst of the bloody cross, they were unable to see God's plan of salvation. But understand this, God uses bad things to accomplish His purposes. Have you ever paid attention to how people talk in the aftermath of a tragedy? Of a disaster? They just keep repeating what happened. Kind of like they're in shock. They just babble, and and they they can't quite wrap their minds around the event. And that's the way it was for the two Emmaus disciples. They were despondent, and they were just babbling. And I love how Luke relates the story. Jesus came near to them and walked with them. Jesus had a plan for these despondent disciples. And he was about to turn their sorrow into joy, their despondency into into faith, and their pain into relief. But the only way Jesus could do that was to come near to them. Was to draw and come near. And I want you to realize that in your sorrow, in your pain, in your grief, whatever you're dealing with in this road of life, that none of it compares to the height and the depth of the love that Christ Jesus has for you. You are so precious to Him. And that's why Jesus came. And that's why Jesus comes to you. 
And that's why he draws near to you in holy baptism and places water over your head and gives you his body and gives you his blood in, his, in, the, in the Lord's Supper. He comes with healing in his wings. He comes bearing forgiveness. He comes bearing mercy and grace and with a promise of salvation. But sometimes we miss all that because we want, we want to see his presence. We want something more. Either we miss all of it or we simply don't care. We miss his coming and we don't recognize his presence, that he's keeping his promise. And it was that way with the two Emmaus disciples. They, at first they didn't recognize Jesus, right? So they're walking along and, and Luke uses a Greek word that gives us a picture. It says that their eyes were pinched shut. Their eyes were pinched shut so that they couldn't see, they couldn't recognize. And even though they weren't able to recognize who Jesus was, he still came. He was still there with them to lead them out of their darkness, to lead them out of their sorrow. And then Jesus interacts with them. He says, what are you talking about? What are you discussing? And they were literally throwing words at him. <laughs> they, were, they were babbling, uh, throwing out words as people do when they're filled with grief and sorrow. They, they threw out some angry words. They threw out words of frustration as we do with our family and friends. However, as they were sharing their words of frustration, they were doing it with a, what they thought was a complete stranger. Do you not know the things that have happened in these days? In other words, they were saying, don't you know what we've been going through? Don't you know what we're feeling? Can't you see what's, what's happening to us? You know, sometimes when the most, lowest moment of our lives... We expect people to know what we're going through. Because it's so obvious to us. But it's not obvious to the world. Of course, Jesus knew, didn't he? He knew exactly what was in their hearts and in their minds. And Jesus played dumb, though, and he said, What things? Well, what kind of things have been happening? And their answer revealed their pain about Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed, and all the people. Did you catch that? The Messiah had just died. The Messiah had risen from the dead. And they don't call him the Messiah. A prophet. Is that all Jesus is, is a prophet? must have been a slap in the face to Jesus to hear that. Of course not. He's more than that. But their answer, in their answer, we get the sense of their feelings of betrayal. He didn't live up to what we expected him to be. We had put our hopes on him and he let us down. So they complain about, they complain to this stranger about Jesus. He'd been dead for three days. It's been three days and he hasn't come back like he said. The way he promised and they belly ached. Our friends claimed to see the empty tomb but they didn't see the body. And then they complained more and they babbled on how he wasn't with them, how he didn't come. 
how he didn't keep his promise, how he wasn't faithful, how he wasn't the one to redeem them from the tyranny of Rome and the world of sin. Now I want you to think what Jesus must have been thinking during this whole thing. I mean, what was Jesus thinking as they were carrying on? Have you ever had one of those conversations where you're talking about somebody behind their back only to realize that they've been standing behind you the whole time? (laughs) And what happens? How do people usually respond to that? Not very good, right? Well, this was Jesus. And you see, he is God, so he knew what they were thinking. He knew it was in their heart. And so here you have these two disciples pouring out their heart, their spiritual frustrations to this stranger. So what do you do when life deals you a nasty blow? When things get bad, you, you don't get the job you wanted. COVID-19 uh, you know, uh, prevents you from success. Your marriage is starting to fail. Your finances are dwindling. Your You lost somebody you love. The goals that you had as a young person are not being fulfilled and probably won't be. The road of life is tough. And sometimes it's tough to keep on going and sometimes it's hard to see Jesus. Sometimes it's hard to recognize that He's with us. Who He is and what He's done and how much He loves you. In Ephesians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul, that's why he wrote this amazing prayer. I pray that out of God's glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And that you then, being rooted and established in Christ's love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp How wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love surpasses knowledge. Jesus, or Paul, Paul, Paul wrote that prayer because life, the road of life is so tough that we often lose sight of Jesus. And at times we fail to recognize the depth of his love. That's in the empty tomb. The two disciples, they talk with Jesus, unable to recognize him, going on, called his faithfulness into question. And finally, Jesus is a, had enough of it, and he calls him foolish. Now, it's never fun to be called foolish, especially by God. But what, can the, what else can the Lord say? Sometimes we're foolish. We know Jesus is risen and we know He's alive and we know He forgives us our sins and we know He's always with us and He never leaves us. We know He's coming back again someday. However, sometimes sometimes we struggle recognizing how He's with us. How He keeps His promise and And we're foolish. 
And as foolish Christians, we need to be reminded. I know in my faith, I need to be reminded whenever I'm struggling and doubting and my faith is weak and and I don't see Jesus suffering death and resurrection comforting me as it should. I need someone to call me foolish and say, Pastor Caldwell, don't be so foolish. You know what Jesus has done for you? You know how much He loves you. Look at the empty cross. See the empty tomb. He's alive. He's risen. Hallelujah. And He's here and He cares about you. When the two Emmaus disciples realized it was Jesus, things changed and they pleaded with Him, please stay. Don't leave. Abide with us. Because they needed his peace, they needed his comfort, they wanted him to be there. And then they saw his hands and they knew, they knew it was Jesus. He had come. He was there. And how wonderful it would be if we could see the hands. How wonderful it would be if we could see his face or hear his voice. But he comes. And by faith we recognize all of that. And when by faith we recognize that He comes in word, water, bread, and wine, and and we recognize all that, then we say with the two disciples, were not our hearts burning within us while He talked with us and opened the Scripture to us? Again, that's something we all can relate to when the road of life gets tough. We don't sing Baby Shark for comfort. No, instead we sing, who is this who joins our journey, walking with us stride by stride, unknown stranger? Can you fathom depths of grief for one who died? Then the wonder. When we told you how our dreams of, have turned to dust, of dust have turned, then you opened wide the scriptures till our hearts within us burned. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.